Thank Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com and Palo Alto, where Washington suffered their second loss of the season, defeated by Stanford, 30 to 22. Announced attendance, 44,589. A lot of Husky fans here, easily 10,000 Husky fans, and uh, they may have been the loudest of a lot, but uh, disappointing loss. Uh, just a lot of strange stuff. Sounds like back home, the TV didn't start till late. Uh, field conditions, weird penalty calls. Uh, I, there was a lot of weird stuff going on tonight, Chris. So another one of those weird juju things, I guess. What were you seeing from your end back home? So you're saying it's Pac-12 after dark? Boy, I guess. I guess. Well, yeah, what was the I, deal with TV? They didn't get cut well, into what, the first quarter? No, there was a truck race going on. It's always a NASCAR thing on Friday nights. And mm-hmm. so, as it turned out, the game didn't even really show up on FS1 until after the first quarter. So they had yeah. to show basically an entire quarter, first quarter on FS2, which is a problem in Seattle because it's not on Comcast. And since most right. people are on Comcast, they're screwed. So, again, you know, you can send your hate mail to Larry Scott and let him know how you feel about that. Yeah, it was kind of weird. You know, uh, Washington got the ball, um, and they just went in hurry-up mode. And, um, you know, they just had Stanford reeling on uh, the first two possessions of the game and then went for it on a fourth and one. And Miles Gaskin decides to dance at the line of scrimmage, and he winds up about four inches short. And they would have gone up 21-7, to seven, and instead it's 14-7. to seven, And, uh, you know, Washington, uh, you know, had tough – they only scored one more touchdown, you know, just towards the end of the game. They were held scoreless the rest of the game so um tough night down here at stanford so um i thought you know that after they you know had stanford on the heels they were pushing them around quite a bit but uh boy after that washington was getting pushed around quite a bit on both sides of the ball i suppose i mean in some ways you could say that stanford kind of reverted back to the to the power and counter stuff that they like to do but bottom line is they were able to stay on the field for you know, 36 minutes, and most of that was because they were, what, 10 of 18 on third down. Washington yeah. just couldn't get them off the field. I mean, you know, uh, K.J. Costello, credit to him. You know, he was 16 to 27. He was throwing the ball up a few times to the bigger receivers like Arcega Whiteside, and, and they were completing them. I mean, they were able to make plays on the smaller uh, corners, and they were able to take advantage of guys like that. I mean, would this game have been different if Byron Murphy and Jordan Miller had been there? Maybe, but... Bottom line is they didn't have them available, and, and you know, 10 of 18 on third down is is never going to get you anywhere in terms of a defense. I don't know what the thing is in the infatuation with grass because it just seems like every time that I've been to a field where it's grass, it's getting torn up. And on a night, night like tonight, you know, it's in the mid-50s, the start of the game. <clears throat> it was slick out there, you know, and then the field is torn up and – um, you know, that definitely gives the advantage to the passing game. Um, you know, the running backs were slipping and sliding at times, and you obviously saw quite a bit of that. But, um, you know, it's no excuse. Um, Washington just seemed like they were just, you know, in that even keel mode, didn't want to get high, didn't want to get low. And we've seen that quite a bit of that, Chris, this year. And, you know, it's something that, you know, I don't know if I'm way off base on this or not, but, you know, this is about the fourth or fifth game in a row where, you know, I, you know I'm down on the sidelines and just down at the bench. It's just it, there's no 
nobody seems fired up. They just seem real even keel. You know, and one of the guys that I always thought was the emotional leader, especially on the defense, and it's hard to criticize, you know, the defense, but I thought it carried over to the offense. Azeem Victor and, you know, Keyshawn Bieria playing together was kind of a tag team, and they tended to, to set the tone. You know, Ben Burkirvin's having quite the year, you know, and he's able to track guys down. But that physicalness of Azeem Victor, that leadership, that fire that he brought out there, you're missing, I mean, in my opinion, you're missing a lot of emotion out there. I'm not seeing it out on the field, and I'm definitely not seeing it on the sideline between plays, between quarters. Guys are just pretty much, you know, pretty much businesslike, and, Maybe that's overrated and I'm off base, but boy, this is about the fourth and fifth game in a row where I've seen it where the team has just been, I don't want to say flat, but they sure haven't been fired up. Well, that could be, they could be taking on the personality of their coach. I mean, their head coach is a pretty stoic guy. He doesn't get fired up very often. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you got to remember the guys you're talking about are guys he didn't recruit. Mm-hmm. So that could be, I mean, first of all, did it rain at all tonight? It rained this morning and okay, this no, 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 afternoon. but I'm saying during the game, did it rain at all? No, no. Okay, no, so uh-uh. that, 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 that field was way too chewed up for anything. You know, if it was raining during the game, yeah, okay, I get it. That's You deal with the, the circumstances you have. But it's almost as if they kind of wanted it that way, and it, that's an interesting tact considering Bryce Love, you would think, would be a bigger weapon for them than maybe Washington's running backs or whatever, but maybe they thought they could neutralize the speed thing. I don't know. Other, all I know is that on the, from the TV perspective, it looked super chopped up, and you would think for you know a program, private institution, plenty of money, a lot of brains out there, you know, cover up the field, get it ready to go, unless they really legitimately thought they could use it as an advantage, and and I don't I don't know. I mean, you could, I guess well, that's going to be one of those unanswered questions. Well, before the game, they had those big blowers out there. You know, you've seen them, those huge blowers trying to dry the field yeah, off from the rain earlier. Yeah, but, that didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't do yeah. anything at all. No, you know, but I'm not going to blame the field conditions. You know, Jake Browning did not get it done. Miles Gaskin, you know, had some nice statistics, but, you know, he didn't get it done on fourth down. Um, you know, and jumping ahead a little bit, that last run by LeVon Coleman where he hit that guy. Yeah, Justin Reed. I've been doing this for 20 years. I have never in my life heard a hit like that. I mean, it sounded like a beer truck hitting a wall. I'm a, I He really, really lowered the pads into that guy. And I thought he was in. Did, what, did you see on the replay? Could you I, tell? Was they didn't really show a sideline view, so they didn't try to review. They didn't try to review it. They didn't try to take a timeout and look at it. So I don't know. Didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, they scored anyways, but. You know, yeah, credit to Justin Reed. I mean, he actually was in on that final series for Stanford. So for him to get back in the game and stuff, that's that's pretty amazing. I thought he was done for the game. I mean, the way, yeah, I mean, LeVon really trucked him. Well, another, like I said, there was so many weird things in this game. I saw something else I've never seen before. Um, Dalton Schultz went down late in the game. Did you see him go down? Yes. He So the trainers go out. He got up, and he walked straight to the locker room. No, let him just walk straight to the locker room. He must have known he was done. I mean, it's up to the trainers to tell him what to do. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't, I mean, they were looking at his knee and his leg and stuff, and 
He walked to the locker room. He just got walked right from the field of the locker room. I've never seen that before. That was weird. Didn't no assist. Nobody was helping him. He just walked to the locker so room. So what was the tone in the locker room, Kim? Um, you know, just you know, pretty much, you know, they got guys in and out and uh, you know, they didn't stick around long. Uh, Coach Pete really didn't have anything to say other than, you know, they played better than us. They tackled better than us and they ran the ball better than us. And, uh, you know, Coach Pete talked about that up tempo they went to in the first quarter because on the road they'd started slow so many times. But, you know, after those, you know, first two possessions when they scored and then the third one where they got stopped, they didn't do anything the rest of the game. You know, nothing. I mean, it was just nothing at all. So, um, you know, this one's kind of a tough one to swallow. Maybe this team just isn't as good as we all thought, but you know, they're still what, uh, you know, eight and two. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, I don't think they're a national championship quality team. Uh, you know, they've got two games left, but, uh, you know, this one hurt, you know, especially, I don't think Stanford's that good. Bryce Love was basically out there on one leg. You know, and he had, um, you know, 30 carries for 166 yards. Give him a lot of credit. I mean, he was running on one leg and boy, they just couldn't seem to get him under control at times. And that was a guy who, you know, went out three, three or four times and he went to the bench. He limped off the field. So a lot of credit to Bryce Love. But boy, Washington just did not get it done tonight on either side of the ball. I can't remember seeing a team, you know, Chris Peterson's team being pushed around like they got pushed around tonight. Alabama didn't even push them around like this. They really got pushed around tonight, Chris, on both sides of the ball. No, I I don't know about that. I think I think they got pushed around pretty good at Alabama too. But anyways, it's I, I would say the thing with Bryce Love, whatever happened to them in that locker room at halftime, he came out a little different guy. Because he wasn't yeah. limping, you know, whatever treatment he got, it really made a difference because they were able to really rely on him in the, in the second half, and they, he was able to get some key runs um, to be able to, to you know, sus, you know, sustain drives and to keep things going. So that was huge for them. But again, I mean, when you when you you know you go up against thirty six minutes of possession, the defense is only going to be able to do so much. And you know, Pete Kwiatkowski is never going to make an excuse for you know the defense being on the field that much. But again, when you are on there and, and you have seventy one plays, you know, thrown at you. And you've got six five receivers going after five ten corners or five nine corners, you know. And sometimes, sometimes they're just going to make plays, and they were able to stay on the field, and that was huge. That was just huge. They were able to stay on the field. They were able to convert, and Washington was two of eight on third down. They were not able to convert. Whether it was penalties, whether it was just bad execution or bad situational awareness, like Jake not throwing the ball on that fourth down at the end of the game. I mean, that's. That's got to be that's got to be one hundred and one, right? I mean, I, I'm I, I mean I I think Jake Browning's a hell of a guy, and I think he's a hell of a football player. But in certain situations, you should just be able to understand innately you got to put that ball up, and and for him to think that he could run that ball, yeah, that was that was just really weird. And like you said, that, I think that just kind of capped off a very weird night in a, in and, a number. And of that's ways. coming out, and that's coming after taking an eighteen yard loss on a, on a scramble where he's just running backwards. And he had a, and he had a drag route with with Aaron Fuller that yeah, it's probably his second or third read, but he had him coming open. And if he if he understands that and can an, anticipate the throw, at the very least, throw the ball out of bounds. But I mean, yeah, there there were some needless things on his end that really hamstrung the offense in a number of ways. He, he certainly wasn't the sole guy to blame. There was a lot of blame to go around, but boy, 
um, he has to shoulder a bit of it tonight for sure. Well, the, I think the most surprising thing to me, and if you would have told me this was going to happen before the game, I was going, I would have said, is he hurt? Savon Ackman, one touch. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. One. Yeah. One. Yeah. One. one. One touch for four yards, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, I don't know. And he had, and he had the the kickoff returns where again that was a situation where maybe the grass really affected him and the footing or whatever it was, but he did not look very confident running the ball in the kickoff returns either. Yeah, he had two kickoff returns for 36 yards along at 25. But, you know, just the the plays where they, you know, were running miles wide and running him on the fly sweep. And, you know, they I, we didn't see any of that. He only got one touch. One. You know, so um, I don't know. There was some weird stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not big on play calling, but there's some definitely some head scratchers there tonight tonight so yeah but it didn't, um, seem, just, didn't, seem, didn't seem to be a problem after the first two drives first two drives no. going up and down on Stanford like it, there wasn't any problems at all so either they went away from what was working or Stanford adjusted and they couldn't adjust to their adjustments couldn't counter or whatever it was but certainly didn't seem to be a problem at the beginning of the game beginning of the game looked like they were going to roll them Net yards rushing, Stanford, 195, Washington with 135. Net yards passing, Stanford, 211, Washington, 190. They gave up 406 yards to Stanford offense. It was, what are they, ranked 10th in the conference? But 406 yards, total offensive plays, Stanford was 71, Washington with 56. Um, You know, and a number that really is going to make Pete crazy. Washington with seven penalties for 73 yards. Uh, That's a huge number. Uh, Time of possession, Stanford with 36 minutes, Washington with 23, and it was lopsided the whole game. But the stat of the game, you know, 10 of 18. Stanford was 10 of 18, and at one time I think they were, what, 12 for 15? Um, Yeah, I mean, not 12 of 15. They were 9 of 12 at one point on uh, third down conversions. Washington. Two of eight. That's just not going to get it done, and that says a lot. Individual stats: Miles Gaskin, nice game for Miles. Eighteen carries for 120 yards. Uh, Levon Coleman, nine for 25. And there's here's that big one again: Seven Ahmed, one for four. Jake was 17 of 23 for 190. Dante Pettis with five catches. Uh, but the player of the game, Bryce Love, one-legged. <laughs> 30 carries, 166 yards, Chris. Big game for Bryce Love. Well, I think he made, yeah, made himself some money tonight, proved some toughness. Well, and Arcega Whiteside had five catches for 130 yards. I mean, he came up massive for yeah. uh, K.J. Costello. K.J. Costello needed to find a guy that could come up and catch a ball downfield, which is something they weren't able to do against Washington State, and he was able to do it tonight against Washington. So that was really, really big as well. And then, Obviously, on defense, Okarike was was absolutely massive for Stanford. Harrison Phillips had a big game. Um, they were just really solid. They kind of let Washington make their own mistakes. They just kind of got out of their way and just kind of let them, you know, implode. I mean, some of those penalties you talked about. I'm sorry, but that 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 hold on Caleb McGarry at the end that was not a hold. I mean, that was absolutely one of the most phantom calls you'll ever see. But the like the false start on Andre Pacelli that really stalled a drive. That's, you know, that's, those are things that will turn Peterson's hair gray for sure. Okarike, 10 tackles, two tackles for loss. I mean, four tackles for loss and two sacks. It's a good game. Oh, no, he was all over the place. I mean, he was all over the place. He had a monster, monster game. Leading tackling for Washington is Keyshawn Bieri with seven, Taylor Rapp with six, Ezekiel Turner with six, Avita Vea with six. 
Um, uh, but and just a side note, uh, I caught one of the Stanford coaches uh, check up on Connor Weddington. Didn't get a chance to see him uh, after the game. And Connor's okay, so he took a pretty big hit from Austin Joyner. So yeah, no, I, I, I know Austin got a little banged up too on that, but he was able to come in afterwards. Yeah, he was only out one play. Um, and, you know, Dotson came in, and then he was back in the next play. But uh, you've never seen a game where two targeting calls sort of waved off. Yeah, as they, as they should have been. Down. As they should have been. Yeah. I mean, the, the play where Weddington got hurt. I mean, and and David Shaw was absolutely going apoplectic on the sideline. And hey, I get it. I mean, if you're the head coach, you're going to stand up for your player. But man, I mean, seriously, there's no lower. I mean, literally, Austin Joyner could not have gotten hardly any lower because Weddington was on his way down and he was and he ducked his head. That's just not. Yeah. I mean, sorry, but that's you're going to have problems if that if if that's what you continue to do, you're going to get hurt. And so yeah, he needed well, to keep his head up. Well, what was weird tonight is some of the penalties were being thrown 30 yards from where the penalty, you know, was supposedly occurred, and they were waving them off. So, you know, guys that were right there weren't throwing penalty flags. They were coming from guys that were way off, and it was kind of weird. And um, you made a point also, um, you know, with the the way the broadcast went. It seemed like they had to catch up on some commercials because oh, there yeah. was a lot of dead, there was a lot oh, of dead yeah. time. Chris. No, I mean, well, no, they had a whole quarter's worth of commercials they had to catch up on, which, which was just another uh, ancillary benefit to Stanford, just being able to, to absolutely grind this thing down until it just felt like the game was going to take five hours to play. I mean, that's just, that's just how it went. And that just kind of goes with their MO. They want to grind it. They want to maintain possession. They want to run their power and their counter, and they want to, you know, try to throw the ball deep when you're least expecting it, and you know, take advantage of some smaller guys. And they were able to do that. And again, I think when Chris Peterson says they played better and they ran it better and threw it better and defended better, I, I it's kind of hard to argue with it. They, they all those things are dead accurate. Tough loss down here uh, in Palo Alto, but good news is basketball team upset Belmont at home. Jalen Noel with 32 points, so uh, not all is lost, and they play um, against Eastern on uh, Sunday with a 5 o'clock tip-off, so excited to get back home and see what Coach Hop has in store for us. So, Any final thoughts on what was going on down here tonight, Chris? Uh, no, other than I, I did feel like there was a chance that this was you know, this was one of those games where you had other people like John Wilner was saying he thought Stanford would win straight up. And, you know, you look at the Friday problems that the Pac-12 has had. I mean, they've basically cannibalized all of the teams that had a chance to potentially get into a playoff situation like USC losing on a Friday at Washington State. Washington State having to go down and getting slaughtered by Cal. And now Washington getting beaten up by Stanford. You know, it's just one of those things where it just kind of all points back to the Pac-12 uh, leadership and just how serious are they about, uh, you know, getting teams involved in the playoff discussions and, you know, what's Larry Scott going to, you know, does he does he even have anything to say about it? No, he won't do anything. I mean, it's just he's not going to – there's not going to be any pushback. And I still maintain that the secretaries in the office are the ones doing the schedule. But, no, I just – I think Larry doesn't want to upset the apple cart. He's fine with the way things are going. He, uh, the athletic directors are screaming bloody murder, but he doesn't answer to the athletic directors. And the presidents have got a lot of other stuff on their plates. They don't have time for it. So, uh, you know, Larry Scott's going to do what Larry Scott does. And right now, um, I don't think he's doing a whole lot except, you know, know bragging about all the stuff he's doing 
you know. And by the way, he was over in uh, China with uh, when the UCLA players uh, shoplifted. So nice. <laughs> tough to blame him for that. But uh, I don't see any changes coming on any of this stuff because I don't think it's going to be any pushback at all. So right. anyways. Anyway, so uh, we'll end it here. I'm looking out over the stadium. I don't know if you can see the moon up in Seattle, but it's crazy looking down here. It's about a quarter moon, and it's bright orange. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, tough loss. Utah coming up next, and we do not have a time for that game yet, do we? No, probably we'll know tomorrow, I would think, at the earliest, maybe Sunday. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Well, hey, from all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetters. Go, dogs.